This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 320. Where do insurance companies put your money? With Mary Ward. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode. Got a question for you. Have you ever seen the Discovery Channel TV show, How It's Made? How It's Made. This was a new one for me, and apparently I've been living under a rock somewhere because there are like 18 seasons of this show now. And each episode lets viewers dive deep into the makings of three or four everyday items, everything from paper clips to baseball gloves to in-ground pools. It's easy to find yourself glued to the screen, fascinated by each example of something you know I've never seen or even really begun to ponder how it's made. The inner workings of the behind the scenes just feed my little engineering entrepreneurial heart. If that's your jam too, you're going to love today's episode. We're going to be focused specifically on the magic of how the insurance company operates and how they've been able to be profitable through every market condition in good times, bad times, terrible times, and maybe whatever time you're listening through on this podcast, up to and including today. Have you ever wondered how life insurance companies manage their finances? How do they ensure that they've got enough money to pay out claims still while growing their capital? Our special guest today, Mary Ward, is the Chief Financial Officer of Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York. And she's going to be taking us behind the scenes to reveal the strategies and initiatives that keep these companies not just surviving, but really thriving. So get ready, dive deep into the world of life insurance, and discover the financial strength that lies within. This episode, we're going to talk about how companies put your premium dollars to work, and specifically, why they're safer than parking money in a bank, and certainly more than throwing money into the stock market. You know, if you've ever wondered how these insurance companies are able to offer guarantees, throw dividends on top of those guarantees straight away for over a century, you're going to love today's episode. Life insurance companies are like the unsung heroes of the financial world, in my opinion. They provide security, peace of mind to millions of individuals, families, businesses, and they're ensuring that the loved ones are protected, but not just that, that your money is protected too. But have you ever wondered how these companies actually put your dollars to work? How do they navigate lower interest rates or rising inflation or world you know, calamities like pandemics and more? So our special guest, Mary Ward, is going to be shedding some light on that and revealing the real strength and secrets behind the company's financial strength. So again, Mary Ward is the Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York. This is one of the core companies that I love to rely on for the bank on yourself strategy that we talk about so much on this show. Mary Ward at Security Mutual oversees the company's fiscal functions. This would include strategic initiatives, financial reporting, expense management, all that stuff. But not just that, also the relationships that Security Mutual has with third-party rating agencies, regulatory bodies. And she's also the co-chair of the Enterprise Risk Management Committee at the company as well. So she has a keen eye on how Security Mutual and really insurance companies at large are able to manage 
and produce in any market condition. This was a very eye-opening episode for me, and I'm so glad that she was willing to come on our show. So guys, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive deep into this topic with Mary Ward. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you before we hit record. And we met just a few months ago at a recent Security Mutual event, and it was a pleasure meeting you there too. Tell us a bit about your role and also your journey to get there. Uh, tell us about your career, how you started, and all the way up to what you're up to today at Security Mutual. Sure. I started my career in public accounting. And um, shortly after I started my career, um, got married and started a family. And Security Mutual was a company um, in the Binghamton area where I was living. And I saw a position posted and I thought, well, I know accounting. I don't really know much about insurance, but I know accounting. And um, so sure enough, I applied and I've been with the company for over 15 years now and I couldn't be happier. I started actually as a director of financial reporting and a couple of years ago, I, I was promoted to chief financial officer. It's really been a great journey. So now as CFO and congratulations on the promotion, that's awesome. You now oversee quite a bit of a, what is a multi-billion dollar enterprise in many ways. Would you mind just sort of telling us what are some of your key strategic initiatives you're working on? How does a CFO know she's doing a good job, let's say, at a major insurance company like Security Mutual Life of New York? Well, Security Mutual is is organized as a mutual company. So, you know, the one thing to keep in mind as far as our overall initiatives, it's it's we're here for our policyholders. And so wanting and having a product that we can distribute and feel proud about that's going to be helping our policyholders who are the owners of our company. We're not a stock company, so we're not owned by shareholders. We are owned by our policyholders. You know, that's the culture and that's that's what's really important. The one nice thing I will say about my journey with Security Mutual is we just have an amazing team and an amazing group of people. I'm definitely not in a silo. I work very closely with not only the president and CEO, but like the chief actuary, um, our chief information officer, always looking for you know, being able to optimize and provide, you know, what our policyholders are looking for in a product. I realize that you'll you'll uh, have a bias on this, and that's a good thing. We want people to have bold opinions, but why is it important for there to be a mutual life insurance company when we're thinking about long-term insurance contracts? Like, what is the difference between a mutually owned type company and a publicly traded company? Who gets the profits? Help us understand the incentive structures from your perspective as CFO. Yeah. So as a mutual company, you know, we're really here for the policyholders. So when we are profitable, then we can return that profit in the form of dividends. But it, it's also important to keep in mind that when you're creating a product, it's based on assumptions, right? You're going to have expense assumptions in, in the mortality or the investment uh, return environment potentially, or even expenses. And so if we make more money because something isn't, is priced in a way where it's favorable, we can return that back to the policyholder through dividends, which is not taxable. It, it's really considered a return of premium. Those dividends for our participating policyholders, they can take in cash, they can reinvest, buy more insurance, they can pay their existing policy. They can reduce their current premium by reinvesting it that way. So a lot of options that they can do with those dividends 
but but again, just reinforcing the fact that that's our goal. We're here for our policyholders, right? We don't have external investors. We're not trying to make necessarily somebody else happy or somebody else a certain amount of money. That's all going right back into our our, our policyholders. Yeah, typically you hear those earnings calls on a stock company, stock traded company, and it's it's quarterly performance is what we're looking for on a on mm-hmm. a on a typical stock. But you know, Security Mutual has been in business for over 135 years. As far as I understand, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I mean, that's a long time to be in the business of making promises and then delivering on those promises. No doubt the company's history speaks for itself. Why should uh, we be looking at companies that have been around over 100 years? You are absolutely right. As far as 135 years, I will tell you that um, we've been paying dividends consecutively for 132 years. So, wow. and that is certainly something we wear with a with a badge of honor. But when you think about the course and the change of, you know, the United States over 132 years, the depression and things early going on, you know, in the early 1900s and now most recently COVID, right? I mean, there's not the first pandemic we, that our company has been yeah. through. But, you know, again, as an insurance company here for our policyholders, it's important that we are managing the company and being responsible because, you know, we I want us to be here for another 135 years, if not longer. Right. And it's it's our responsibility to make sure that happens. Um, And that's important. That should be something that our policyholders are looking for. The culture, the team, it's it's a really strong, you know, environment. And um, it's it's just it's so great to be part of a culture like that that cares and and wants to you know have those returns and continue to be there. We don't ever want to see our mortality levels go up, but we're glad that we can be there when they do, right? That we're there. So absolutely. Well, you know, I would I would challenge anyone listening to this podcast to find a publicly traded stock, dividend paying, let's say, a dividend paying stock that goes back even half as long as 132 years, I can't find any. So, you know, that's that's remarkable that Security Mutual has that kind of a profitability record. Now, I realize we're talking about sort of apples and oranges in some ways with, com- you know, stock traded companies with dividends versus dividends on, on a whole life insurance product and company. But how do you do it? You know, spill the beans as best you can, Mary. I know some of it might be proprietary, but what do you do with the money when people send premiums into Security Mutual? You know, you have an obligation to manage that money, you and the team that helps manage that money, of course. Where are the kinds of places insurance companies like Security Mutual put the money such that we're able to so consistently provide, you know, guarantees and also dividends on top of those guarantees? Well, that's a great question. And when you when you look at, you know, the balance sheet of any insurance company, you're going to see that on the on the asset side, you're going to see invested assets. That's going to be, you know, 90 percent of your assets on the liability side. You're going to see reserves, you know, setting up those reserves for future payments and liabilities. The one thing that I will tell you when it comes to our investments, and, and it's really somewhat similar to um, anyone that is personally building out their own portfolio is first, you have to look at your risk appetite. What's your risk appetite? What are you willing to invest in? Obviously, as an insurance company, we're, we're risk adverse, right? We, we want to make sure that there's value there long term, but we're not willing to risk anything in the short term. You know, solvency is so important. There's a lot of regulation and stress testing and measures that we have to abide by 
things like measuring our risk-based capital. There, it's formulaic to some degree. So in April, when we were talking about the recent uh, banking, the regional banks were having some issues, but that asset liability management, we measure our liabilities with an expectation based on you know mortality tables as when we're going to need cash to fund those liabilities. And we invest based on based on trying to match up those liabilities, having that cash flows. And so you'll see with most insurance companies, a lot of 30-year corporates, that's as far out as we can go from an investment perspective. That's a 30-year corporate bond. Is that that's is that correct? Yep. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously looking at investment grade, you're not going to want to look at anything that's below right. investment grade. So and there's NAIC rankings for those, but you'll see the majority of our assets are going to be invested in that. But in addition to that, we still have to stay diversified. I will tell you that most insurance companies, Security Mutual being one of them, steers very clear of stocks and the volatility of stocks because from an accounting perspective and from a, a security perspective, that's just not there. But there are other instruments like commercial mortgages and stuff like that that have those normal routine cash flows. So you're going to see that most of the investments are looking into something like that or certain types of alternative assets, things like infrastructure debt or mezzanine fund debts, where there's, you know, frequent cash payments coming out of the fund potentially that will kind of help you continue to fund, you know, your liabilities. But when those premiums come in, they're invested, you know, and then, you know, the the, the products are priced based on, you know, those investment rates. And so that that risk that rates are going to go down or rates are going to go up, that's a risk that the company takes and make sure that they have a well-balanced, diversified portfolio. Fantastic. Walk us through why we heard about banks in the news in the springtime. Why were they having trouble? But I didn't hear about Security Mutual having any trouble. <laughs> and I didn't hear about too many big insurance companies going through a hard time in the spring of, of 2023 or even in 2008. Uh, and you're right. We went through a major pandemic recently. That would have been a great experience for to stress test a lot of these insurance companies. What makes insurance companies that much safer than, let's say, even a typical bank in terms of reserve requirements and so forth? It's very important that insurance companies manage their solvency and their cash because we have death claims every day. So, and we certainly right. can't say, hey, Mark, we don't want to pay a death claim today because the market's not looking good, but we'll get back to you next <laughs> month, right? So, right. you know, that's certainly not something we can do. And again, there's so much regulation with regards to being stress tested as far as mortality testing. Um, New York State in particular and, and many states have very severe testing that we have to go through to make sure that similar to like the COVID event. What if you have extreme mortality event? What if something happens? Will you be able to claim, pay your claims? And we have to prove that every year. So um, wow. yeah, a tough situation the banking, you know, those regional banks got into. Um, and again, I think partly due to their size, I know the larger banks, you know, there's tighter regulation, but you're not going to see that in an insurance company. That's such a relief, I think, to a lot of people who are seeing the bank on yourself designed whole life insurance that we talk about and work on on our podcast and with our clients, where they're pouring significant capital into these policies as a, you know, certainly insurance solution for their families, but also as a cash reserve need for themselves or for their business. How would, as a CFO of, of a company that it really has backed the bank on yourself strategy? using life insurance as an asset class and so forth. What are some of the features of whole life insurance as a savings vehicle from your perspective? 
Yeah. So, so the whole life, uh, a whole life policy is what we call a permanent product, right? So, um, and the nice thing about uh, the whole life product is there's many different attributes to it, but you have this fixed premium, right? You're underwritten and it can be for a smaller policy, but there's always an opportunity to, to grow the death benefit um, long-term cash value, you continue to pay that premium. But I think the flexibility there's, you know, for whether it's an individual or a family, when those policies start building that cash value, that cash value is there for you to fund really anything that you want to, right? Whether you want to buy a car or whether you have a, a need, but you don't want to have to necessarily go to a bank and, and pay those fees and, and, and go through a lot of hoops and, and that kind of thing. And the nice thing is, is, you can pay it back at your leisure and you also have the opportunity, um, like we talked about through getting dividends to actually pay back or not pay back. If you don't pay back, that does not mean that your death benefit won't be paid. If you have an outstanding loan and the policy were to um, experience a mortality event, that, that loan balance would be deducted from the payout, but you're using those funds because you need it. Um, yep. And there's additional riders that go along with that, that again, you can access those funds earlier if you need to. So, and the nice thing is if at some point you have sort of locked in those paid up additions, you know, you decide you're going to stop paying it. You have that paid up amount. You can stop right there. Um, that doesn't go away. And in addition to that, if you have dividends and once you have that policy, if you do have health issues, you're not re-underwritten every time you want to add to that. So mm, it's, yep. it's really a great investment tool. Um, and I know you do a good job of explaining that, but I would say that it's, Insurance can be hard for individuals. It, it's difficult, I think, for people to understand, but the value of having that there, especially now that you have a child, right? You have a different lens to look through. You want to make sure that if something were to happen, right, that there's something there for them and having that known death benefit and and having built up that cash, if you need it, you know, for any reason, it's available for you. It, it's really, um, Be Your Own Banker is really a great platform for people to use as an investment tool. So. Awesome. Thank you. Well, now's your chance to sort of shine on all the great work you've done and helped the team at Security Mutual do. I want to know what are some of the, I guess the word would be key performance indicators or insights into what's happening at Security Mutual to know that Security Mutual is on track for another 135 years. Are there any reportings you can give as far as how well we're doing as a company? And I say we, because again, I own one of the, I actually own several policies at Security Mutual. Uh, so I'm a co-owner with you, maybe in the in the company itself, which is a lot of fun to say. Mm -hmm. But I want to know what's happening at Security Mutual on the balance sheet that you can kind of sing about and talk about in in a positive way that helps folks know that Security Mutual is on track to being around for another hundred plus years. Yeah. So in 2022, we um, we reached three billion dollars in assets. That was really exciting. That was a awesome. nice threshold. But we've grown, you know, rapidly and. Um, Really, even even despite COVID, you know, assets continued to grow. We've reached three billion. That's really wow. exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Just and, to um, put that in proper context, I'm just thinking about, you know, firms that manage client assets. They're a big deal if they reach a hundred million, let's say. How many financial firms are managing three billion dollars of assets? And here it is, uh, Security Mutual, you're running that and helping run that. That's a huge accomplishment. So congratulations getting to that point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And one of the things that we're really focused on um, is continuing to expand our distribution. 
We would love to see everybody have a life insurance policy. Um, you know, we feel that strongly about the value of that, but we did just recently um, open up an office in, in Houston, Texas, which may sound slightly counterintuitive to when nobody's opening an office these days, but part of Security Mutual's culture is that relationship. And we like, even though we do provide a lot of automation and you can go right online and do a lot of things if you prefer that way, but if you call us, you're going to get a voice on the other line. So, but again, just continuing to grow our distribution is really what, you know, what we're looking to do. Would you mind to explain what is capital to asset ratios? I know I'm throwing a kind of a weird vocabulary term here. What is a capital to asset ratio? Why does that matter? And how is Security Mutual in terms of that particular ratio? When you hear the word capital um, for an insurance company is really kind of like owner's equity or a corporate equity. So assets minus liabilities equals capital or assets minus liabilities equal equity. And so capital is important um, for any company, but especially for an insurance company, that capital is really what you need to um, not only endure what I would say um, the volatility of, of any type of normal economic event, but it also gives you the opportunity to grow strategically. So where we have capital, Security Mutual's capital is over 200 million. That means that you know when we have our liabilities, and like I said, the bulk of those liabilities are reserves, they're, they're reserve liability reserves to pay our claims. But let's just say that we got an assumption wrong, or let's just say that something didn't go, you know, having that capital, that cushion to say that, oh, if we, if we didn't get it right, we have some cushion. Not that I think that's the case, by the way. I'm pretty sure we got our numbers really tight. Yeah. Um, but that capital gives us the opportunity to also grow and do other things. And one of the things that, that it's important to know is capital grows by putting the company's profits back into the company. So every year that you have profits, if you put those profits into your capital, your capital is going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. It's important to note, though, that the company, Security Mutual, pays out dividends every year. If, if we chose not to pay out those dividends, those would be additional profit that we would retain to put back into the company. So there's that balance of honoring our commitment to return what we think is appropriate to our policyholders, but also continue to grow our capital for strategic initiatives and, you know, for that continued strength. So there's a balance. Risk-based capital is, is an important measure to know um, because it's not just how much capital you have. So $200 million of capital is a lot of capital. However, if you're invested in stocks or you're invested in not investment-grade investments, then the quality of that capital may or may not be there when you need it. So risk-based yeah. risk capital, RBC ratios are um, one of the things that all insurance companies are measured by. And um, Security Mutuals is over 440 and, and right now. Mm. There is a minimum well. threshold. You have to have at least 200. So we have more than double um, what we need. But again, that gives you the opportunity to not only be strategic and continue to have growth opportunities, but have an appropriate amount and, and, and you know, manage your assets accordingly. That's so cool. So literally double what's necessary on reserve in sort of a, a position to where you have enough to cover all the liabilities and still have more than double what would be required of you if a regulator came in to check things out or an auditor came in to check things out. Did I hear all mm -hmm. that correctly? Yep. That's so right. essentially you're sitting on a giant pile of reserve capital to weather any storm. 
Well, and 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 really, it it's it's not it, it yes to weather any storm, but also to make sure that we can continue to provide new and insightful products and potentially grow and expand and you know fund those efforts to make sure that we're here you know, again, for another 135 years. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's, uh, again, I just think it's a very fascinating role that you have and and the work you do. I'm sure the meetings around the boardroom table and everything are oftentimes very interesting, you know, to be a fly on the wall in that room as you guys are making decisions about uh, strategic initiatives and more at Security Mutual. But I'm really thankful and proud to, to serve the policyholders at Security Mutual and all the other companies we work with that really support and build up the bank on yourself strategy. I really appreciate your time and uh, coming on to speak with us about, I think, a different angle on how this strategy works. We spend quite a bit of episodes on our podcast digging deep into how bank on yourself really works. And uh, you've given us some new light, a new new uh, facet on the gem, you might say. So thank you for that. Any parting words or pieces of wisdom or advice for folks just digging into this themselves? Only that for those of you that are just still kind of learning a little bit, insurance, it's maybe not the easiest, but it doesn't have to be. It's not as hard as you think either. So kind of peel it back a little bit. And, you know, I think whole life, there's certainly quite a bit of opportunity and flexibility. And, and I think the earlier people can kind of pick up on that and start on that, you know, the, the easier it gets. But, um, you know, if anybody has any questions, certainly they can reach out to me. I, I've provided my contact information to you, Mark. But but thank you for all you're doing. And uh, it's good to see you again. Thank you very much, Mary, for coming on. And guys, yes, we'll put links to Security Mutual's website and contact information in the show notes. Mary, thank you again for your time. All right. Take care. Thank you very much, Mary, for coming on our show again. Guys, if after listening to Mary and her insights into Security Mutual and the insurance industry writ large, You'd like to take further action. I've got a few takeaways for you here today. Number one, dig into the financial strength of insurance companies. On the show, Mary emphasized how important the financial strength and stability of Security Mutual is as a mutual life insurance company. So you can check out SML, Security Mutual, and research and evaluate their financial strength or any other company before purchasing a policy. You want to ensure that you're choosing a reliable, secure provider, someone who's going to be a company who's going to be around for at least 25, 50, 100 years, as long as you might live. So look at some of the metrics that Mary mentioned in the episode. That'll really help get you started here today. Number two takeaway I had, explore whole life insurance. If you've not done that yet, this podcast discusses how important whole life insurance is as a savings vehicle with the ability to build up cash value, accessing that money for various needs and purposes. Maybe it's a reasonable option at this point for you to pack money away hand over fist into a tax-advantaged and even guaranteed financial strategy like co-life insurance. Third, you got to really research, compare these insurance companies. We talk quite a bit about the importance of researching and comparing insurance policies, but it's also the companies at large that need to be evaluated as well. So take time to research the policies, the products, the terms, conditions, compare and contrast between insurance providers before you make a decision. Part of my job as a one fiduciary, but two as a certified financial planner and three as a bank on yourself professional is to make sure that we're working in your best interest to only set up policies with companies that we are sure are going to be there for the long term. Speaking of which, you want to look into the history of some of these insurance companies. We talked about how important the track record and history of these insurance companies really are 
particularly those that have been around for many generations. I want to see companies paying out guarantees plus on top of that dividends for at least 100 years. So research the history and the performance of these companies before you dig deep and pour a lot of money into a contract with that company. And then finally, seek out some professional advice. There's a lot of complexity, as, as you can tell hearing Mary speak, about how important researching the right insurance company really is. It's a lot of work, and we spend a lot of time at our firm researching and picking which companies will provide the best outcomes for each of our clients. So contact me, speak with me, and you can discuss this option with me or any of my colleagues. You can go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. It makes us giddy with delight to dig into the balance sheets of insurance companies before you start your bank on yourself type policy. So go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, click on request a meeting, and we can talk about what would be the best fit for you and your family. And with all that, thank you again, Mary, and thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.